When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On today's episode of the Bolts broadcast, ESPN was the worst decision the NHL could have made. Stay tuned. Season 4, Episode 61 of the Bolts Broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Croshaw with you today. Chase, how are you on this lovely Tuesday afternoon? I am hanging in there. It's uh, you know a little bleak outside today, but at least it's, it's nice and warm. Don't have to worry about a jacket or pants or anything. Still go out there, short, short sleeve shirt, drive with the window down. Just not a ton of sun. How are you doing? Uh, doing pretty well. It was also a bit stormy here earlier today. However, the sun has peaked out. It's looking nice. Thinking about maybe going for a little walkie-poo right after this. And then also, uh, for your information, because no... Well, actually, we're going to release this right as we're done with it. So maybe if people are are on the mark. But today, Tuesday, Wainstop has 70 cent wains. And then also, if you use the code BOGOSAMMY, you get buy one, get one (laughs) chicken sandwiches from Wainstop. So we're going to be doing that for dinner. Oh, that's that's uh, that sounds intriguing. Yes. So I, I'm not sure if you guys already had plans for dinner, but they figured I'd uh, throw that out there and see what was up. But nonetheless, today on the Bolts broadcast, going to be talking about a couple of different things. Talk about John Cooper, what he is currently doing. Uh, talk about ESPN and that whole fiasco. I kind of had a little. Uh, little overall gripe I wanted to talk about with the NHL as a whole. And then after the commercial break, look at the conference final schedule, world championship check-in, and then hockey name of the day. So it's not going to be a a super long episode, but one that I think uh, might get a little bit passionate, especially once we start talking about the NHL and ESPN as a whole. So let's start. John Cooper, uh, what is he doing in his off time? So, you know, this is the first time that he's had, you know, any sizable break in, in quite some time. You know, it feels like eternity because, you know, Tampa Bay is such a dynasty. But John Cooper, so used to working this long, he's like, I might as well keep working. He's going to hop on TNT and be a guest analyst for the Eastern Conference Finals, which that'll be exciting. We'll, we'll get to see, you know, our fearless leader's face on the TV screen, just basically calling the Florida Panthers trash because they're going to get worked by the Carolina Hurricanes saying that, you know, Tampa Bay is really the better team. They just wanted to give everybody else a chance. So they took this year off. You know, that, that's that's all it's going to be. So it, it'll be cool to see him, um, you know, on TNT giving his analysis because, you know, 
it's always it's always fun to get these coaches to do that, and he really hasn't had the opportunity to do this. Yeah, totally different perspective we're going to hear out of John Cooper. I mean, we see it in the NFL a lot. Guys that played the game, guys that coach the game, they end up in the booth, and they bring a little bit of a different perspective. I still really like Tony Romo. I know a lot of people are starting to hate on him, uh, but I still really like hearing Tony Romo call games because he does have an act of just predicting things that eventually do happen. So uh, I find it interesting. I think John Cooper will be able to add that level of, um, I guess, insight to the, to the call. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's obviously not going to be the same level because, you know, Tony Romo's at the color analyst and John Cooper is just going to be, you know, an, an in-between period type guy on TNT. So a little different, but, Still, you know, when it, when it comes to like, you know, showing clips from game situations, he's going to be able to kind of like really analyze and break it down. And that, that's always fun. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of wanted to talk about ESPN and the NHL as a whole. Chase, is it a hot take to say that the NHL's deal with ESPN is worse than the NHL's deal with Fanatics? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> you really can put me on the spot here, eh? Oh, yeah. Um,. I I don't know. It's it's definitely not great for the brand. Like I I would say it is because at least fanatics, you know, it, that's already for the fans of the sport. They're they're angry that that you know the merchandise, the branding is going to be kind of underwhelming based on what's happened in the past. Whereas ESPN, they were supposed to you know come into the fold and kind of promote like like, like the the sport more. Really, kind of draw new fans, um, new fan base. You know, just kind of get more attention, focus on the sport, and that just it hasn't happened, you know. You're looking for a nationally televised game. All of a sudden, it's on ESPN News, or you can only watch it on ESPN Plus. It's a local game. It's blacked out. Like it's all all this type of shit that ESPN fumbles harder and harder and harder by the day. So ESPN, it, it, they're really doing a bad job. The NHL, and it's just another part of the, the NHL's kind of marketing team. That and I, I don't know if the marketing team is the right you know one for this because it, it's more than just that, but just how the NHL brands itself and markets itself in general. It's just it, it's just catastrophic yeah i i haven't been a big fan of espn and i think at this point when you're looking at fanatics versus espn only one brand is going to lead to the downfall of the nhl if games aren't being displayed you know that that's gonna hurt the nhl a lot whereas if you got some jerseys that aren't as cool as they used to be you know that's not going to absolutely kill viewership by any means I just think that when I'm looking at the NHL overall, and there's a lot that goes into it, obviously ESPN and their coverage, that's a big uh, sour spot for me. But also you look at the current playoffs, I think that you know there's been some really solid games, but to see the Hurricanes and Panthers and then the Knights and the Stars None of those teams are big markets, and I am very worried. Uh, I would argue that Vegas is the biggest market of them all, and they're the newest team. Uh, but I'm worried that there's real potential. This might be one of the lowest-rating conference finals and then eventually Stanley Cup finals that we see in a while because of that. And then also seeing the Connor Bedard goes to Chicago sweepstakes go down. It just – everything – surrounding the NHL to me right now. And this is a personal opinion. I I hope you guys don't align with me. But 
everything in my own eyes just points towards the NHL product is not nearly as good or exciting as it was in the past. Like I was invested so much more in years prior this year. I'm really struggling. I'm not sure if it's because of ESPN and not being able to watch all my games, having to subscribe to ESPN plus just to see games and all that bull crap, or if it's just all of the above, I don't know. Something's kicking me out of it. And there's a couple of reasons that I figured I could mention. So I, I, I kind of disagree on a, a lot of that. Yeah. It's, it's an underwhelming kind of product. I can agree with that, but in terms of the whole smaller market thing for the playoffs, um, it, it, there's good and bad to it there. You know, it, on the surface, it might appear that there's less viewership because we look at a team like Toronto and there's millions and millions and millions of fans of that organization. Um, you know, once they get eliminated, they might not tune in as much. So, Sure, you're losing the viewership there, but what you're doing at this point is you're getting more hype in these markets, like um, in Raleigh, North Carolina, down in Sunrise, Florida. Um, over there in Vegas, they've already got you know a pretty solid fan base, and then down in Dallas, um, there's there's a relatively good overall too. But you know, really on the on the on the East, uh, Carolina's fan base has been building and building and building. In Florida, they kind of always played second field to Tampa, and it's it just it's good to kind of see these markets continue to grow. It's it's gonna be good to get this product you know, on the screen, as long as the ESPN actually puts it on the screen the right way. Um, I, I don't think it's a bad thing because you're still getting hockey fans. You're still going to, you know, get viewership. As long as you're putting it in the right time slots, uh, people are going to be still be flipping through and end up on hockey games. Um, so as long as the ESPN doesn't completely like bundle it on their end, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Um, so, you know, just generally speaking, I, I can agree with you saying that it's, it's underwhelming to where it could be, but I don't think that this whole smaller market thing is a bad thing. Here's my question for you when it comes to looking over the last decade and comparing it to now. So, like I said, I've been more invested in in prior years. Uh, When I'm looking at viewership numbers, and this is specifically Stanley Cup um, related, obviously regular season's a little bit different, but I feel like it doesn't compare to, you know, the biggest seven-game series, potentially seven-game series, and the whole entire sport. But when you look at average viewership, it peaked in 2013 at uh, 5.762 million uh, a night. That's how many viewers they had. And then you look in 2015, they had a a peak in game two of 6.5 million. Uh, The biggest we've seen in all the Stanley Cup finals was a game seven in 2019, the Blues versus the Bruins, at 8.7 million. When you look at the last couple of years, 2020, you had, come on, get out of there, uh, 2 million, <laughs> 2 million average for that one. When it came to, and and that one does have some question marks around it. Obviously, that was a COVID year. You were in the bubble. And I think everyone can agree that pumping in sound versus actual fans being there, totally different atmosphere, felt different. Yeah. I think a lot of people didn't like that. Then you look at 2021, Tampa versus Montreal, 2.4 million average, which does not compare to the 5.76 million average from 2013. And then when you look at last year, you were averaging 4.6, which is still 
over a million less than back in 2013. For a game that's trying to grow, for a game that should be competitive with the likes of the NBA, we're not going in the right direction. So what is, can you point to a difference? Do you feel the same way? Are you more invested now? Like, what's the big change here? Well, for, for me, the investment level doesn't really change his playing. I, I have, you know, more vested interest in teams that are going on. Like, you know, I, once Tampa got eliminated, I was rooting for a couple of teams. Like, you know, I was rooting for New Jersey. I was rooting for Edmonton. Now that those teams are gone, it's like, nah, that sucks. I don't really have, you know, a rooting interest anymore. But I'm still going to watch the games because I love the sport. I love the the kind of whole atmosphere that goes on in the NHL playoffs. So, you know, from my end, nothing really changes. And when you're, when you're kind of looking at the outside perspective, the average hockey fan, I don't think a ton changes. There's going to be some that tune out, but like the average hockey fan, they're, they're, they're going to watch hockey. The ones that are kind of base level introduced to the sport or not really introduced to the sport at all, yeah, they're not going to be tuning in. But even if it were a Toronto or or a Detroit or Tampa, obviously they've had success these last few years and it's been a growing fan base. But you can go with the original six market, whatever it's going to be. The viewership numbers will be higher, sure. But that's because those teams already have such established fan bases. And it's going to look lower with a kind of smaller sm- smaller fan base against a smaller fan base because the true diehard fans aren't tuning in as much. So if you – I don't know the right way to do this, but if there's a way you could kind of compare, um, you know, like fandom, like like numbers of fans for a team compared to the viewership, I, I bet you it wouldn't be super different um, this year round, this time around than it is in the past. So really what it comes down to, it's the NHL and ESPN trying to get it in front of the eyes of, of viewers the best they can. You know, ESPN really needs to make sure that – this is being blasted all, all over, you know, all, all over the network. They need to like advertise the hell out of it during their, their daytime slots. It needs to be talked about on every single sports show that they do during the day, like multiple times for, you know, large segments. Like, it, it's kind of in the hands of ESPN. They paid all this money to have the sport. The NHL agreed to have it there and it's kind of flopping. So the, the NHL may need to do a better job marketing. ESPN needs to do a better job putting the product on screen. And one of the most disappointing things was right when ESPN got the rights to the NHL, we saw stuff coming out. We saw Stephen A. Smith talking about hockey. And then fast forward a year, and Molly, I think it's First Things First. Excuse me. I don't know what it is. First Things First, I think, is uh, Fox. First take. First take. Molly asks, what New York team has the best chance to win a championship and whoever the guest was said the New York Rangers and Stephen A and Molly started hysterically laughing and said hockey doesn't count which I'm not sure if that's the best appearance ESPN would want when they own the viewership rights to the NHL it isn't and they need to do a better job stopping that shit from happening. And, and they don't care because basketball is at the end of the day, that's their, that's their big moneymaker. And it's got such a large, you know, fan fan base and hockey's biggest issue is always going to be the, you know, participants in the sport. Like when you're young, you can get in basketball, football, soccer, baseball, all, all those sports super easily because they're cheap to play. Hockey is not cheap to play. So there's always a barrier of entry. And that kind of leads to a barrier of entry as a fan as well, because you're not introduced to sport as a young age. So basketball, you, know, you got kids playing since three, four, five, six years old, so they're invested in the sport. They become, you know, lifelong fans because of it, and they get more viewership on ESPN because of it. So, of course, ESPN is going to prioritize basketball. Like I'm not an idiot. We're, we're not idiots. We understand that's going to happen, 
but the level that they do it, it's kind of like pathetic because they still focus all its energy on LeBron. He's not even in the playoffs. And I still see shit about him all the time. Who cares? Nobody cares. They, they focus all the shit on these little things about basketball that just don't matter. Instead of talking about the things in hockey that do matter. And it's really just like, it, it's a joke. It's just a joke that they're wasting all their, their money and their resources, putting this product on screen and just focusing so much more on the ones where that they've only ever focused on the last 15 years. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, when you look at regular season, on now obviously playoff versus uh, regular season going to be a big difference there. But right away, I just looked up NBA ratings, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, when you look at regular season viewership for the NBA, the average for this past year was 1.5, 1.59 million per game. And we just talked about how the NHL back in 2013 – their Stanley Cup series averaged just around six million per game. So obviously it'll be a little bit different for the NBA when it comes to their postseason. But the gap's not huge. At least it wasn't back in 2013. So really the NHL as a whole and ESPN done a really bad job of trying to keep the NHL growing at this point. I feel like it's more stagnant than it is growing which is unfortunate because five, 10 years ago, you talk about hockey as one of the quickest growing sports when it comes to America. Now, I think when you're looking foreign countries uh, outside of America, it's probably still at a really nice growth. But right now, it seems very obvious that it's the number four and it'll stay the number four for a long time. Without without numbers, I can't get, you know, like, like guarantee anything or call it fact, but... You know, to me, it feels like it's been the most stagnant that's been in the last 30 years. You know, once Gary Batman kind of took over, which this is the 30th season as a commissioner, um, their 30th year, that was just, a, you know, kind of hit that milestone semi-recently. Um, ever since he came in, like, he has done a very good job growing the game. Like, you can't say that he hasn't because he's introduced, like, 20 new NHL franchises like in, into, um, like, into the league. And that's a big thing for the sports, getting them into new markets. It's getting more players into the sport. It's, it's you know, it's helping all this. He's helping initiate youth programs in, in places like Arizona, places like Dallas, where they didn't exist before. So Gary Bevin's done a very good job, very good thing for the NHL when it comes to that type of growth. And he was great for, you know, that first – 20 25 years of it especially once you know the franchises start getting added but once we kind of hit columbus minnesota you know those two kind of getting added and we didn't have another one until vegas things they really started slowing down you know espn shifted away from that uh for the nhl coverage they had back in the 90s which was a really they did a really good job in the 90s actually um but they lost the rights to that shifted away started you know moving out with nbc on the versus network you know all all that shit and you know, they're still doing okay. They were still um, growing, maybe not at the same rate as they were back in the nineties. And then once you kind of hit, you know, 2018, 2019, and then especially now this current decade, that's where shit's really fallen off. And it's just because despite a new, you know, expansion like team, really nothing else has changed. Like nothing else has been added other than a new organization. And that's, that's kind of the problem for a sport that really needs to kind of, you know, be try to like make its mark. Yeah, unfortunate right now, and I'd love to hear from the listeners. If, if anyone's feeling a specific way about the NHL, feeling a specific way about ESPN, whatever it might be, uh, feel free to send us a tweet over at Bolts Broadcast. Love to get your thoughts on the NHL's current state, but we're going to head to a quick commercial break. On the other side of the commercial break, we're going to be talking about the whole conference finals. 
Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with the DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. If you head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, head over to the NHL and Team Futures. There's some pretty good odds going on with three of the biggest favorites in this year's NHL Stanley Cup playoffs being eliminated early on. We now see the Maple Leafs sitting atop the NHL championship odds. You look at the Oilers next, the Dallas Stars and Vegas. Those round out your top four. While you have the underdog Seattle Kraken sitting at plus 2,000. Some pretty good odds out there. Make sure to head over, check it out, and place whoever you think is going to win the Stanley Cup. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050. Or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY. Or text HOPE NY. In Kansas, call 1 800 522 4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources. Let's face it, with coffees starting at $5. Yes, even without any customizations, and our bank account somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point. So you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. With my student loans catching up to me, I head to Raycon.com. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those more big name tech brands out there. Raycon knows in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options. Right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product production insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and a flat fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. My three favorite components of the Raycon earbud, the earbud's tap functions, noise isolation, and awareness mode. When I'm in the gym and my partner won't shut up, I just pop those bad boys into noise isolation and go to work. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings and Raycon. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. Chase, any big bets on the line tonight? Nothing tonight, but 
I got a couple lines for, you know, our listeners, you know, you, you can safely place these, um, even if you listen today or listen to the next day, whatever it's going to be, uh, uh, since the playoffs aren't Before beginning. you do that, um, we are not, uh, what is it? We're not reliable. We're not, um, we're not liable. We're not liable for your guys' losses if you take Chase's lines. Okay, continue. Correct. All right, so I got a, got a couple little uh, series parlays for, for the listeners. Nice and simple. Um, this is telling you who I think is going to win each series. So Carolina to win the series, minus 135. Dallas to win the series, plus 120. Parlay that together, you get plus 282. So if you base a $100 bet, you're going to get 282 in return. So if you place $10 bet, you get $28.20 in return, blah, blah, blah. So that's the first one that I'm going to be rocking. And then the second one can be a little more of a bold call, but, you know, who knows? I have Carolina winning the series four games to one and Dallas winning the series four games to two. Back of mine's for a plus 3637 odds. So an $100 bet would pay out $3,637. So those are the those are the two bets I'm placing. The dollar amounts I'm undecided on quite yet, but that is what I'll be placing. I think everybody should follow along. Two different bets on Carolina and Dallas, eh? All in on those two teams? I am. That's just that's just what it feels like to me. I, I don't think Florida's getting by, and I, I just I feel like it's going to be a good series between Dallas and Vegas, but I think it's Jake Ottinger's time. Carolina's felt awesome this year. There there hasn't been yeah. many games where you look at them and go, ooh, man, they're they're struggling a little bit. So I would agree on the eastern side. Now, the west, I'm a, I'm a little bit unsure of because Vegas overall, I don't know. I'm just not a huge fan of them overall. It might be because Mark Stone went there. Uh, I got no idea, but then of course Dallas, anyone that first started listening to the show way back when you knew I was always saying Dallas was going to make it. Dallas was going to make it. They never did. Then sure enough, Dallas makes it against Tampa. We beat them. Uh, no big deal. But ever since then, ever since I dropped, jumped off the Dallas bandwagon, I haven't really been interested in them either, but I think I'm going to be pulling towards Dallas and Carolina as well. Would not shock me, though, if we see Vegas, Carolina. I, I do feel pretty confident in that East. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. And now that I said that, we're both probably going to be wrong, so make sure to go fade us just in case. But yeah. Car- Carolina, Dallas is the one I'm rooting for at the end of the day. Um, it, like it, It's just the team that seems the most fun for me out of the East, and then Dallas is there's a team that I like, and um, you know, it'd be cool to see one of the most recent expansion teams win it in terms of Vegas, but just a huge Jake Ander fan, huge Rupe Hins fan, huge Jason Robertson fan. I like three players, especially the latter two, because you know, Jake Ander was still a high pick, but um, the, you know, the latter two I was big proponents of in their draft years to go higher, and they end up slipping and they've become NHL superstars. So, uh, you know, really, really big fans of that trio as, as you know, as well as a lot of other guys on that roster. So, really pulling for Dallas. Hopefully, they're the ones that kind of Take the take the big trophy here at the end of the the end of the playoffs. You know, it's weird for me because when I look at the teams, and obviously this won't ever be able to get tested, at least not all of it. Um, when I'm looking at them overall, I feel like Carolina is my favorite to go on win the whole thing. I feel like Carolina can take out Dallas. I honestly think it would be pretty close between Carolina and Vegas, and then I think Vegas Dallas either one would beat Florida, but who knows? Florida took out Boston, Florida, they're on the run. 
does this miracle continue to come true? Because they were one point away from missing the wild card as a whole. They sneak in. They get two big wins here over Boston and Toronto. Who knows? This might be that miracle run, but anyone that knows miracle runs, a.k.a. me, Cincinnati Bengals fan, we know it gets halted by really good teams. Carolina seems like that really good team. Teams of destiny don't exist. Every team of destiny always falls short. So if there feels like it's a team of destiny, it's not going to happen. Except for USA in 1980, baby. Yeah, that that was it. That was too big. Where that naked, nobody else could ever match that. So they just don't happen anymore. The world was like, all right, we got to. That was the one. That was the one for the century. That's it now. Yeah, literally. All right, let's do a little world championship check-in now. Uh, I did see that U.S., they took down Germany. I think it was 3-2 to two yesterday. Big fan of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. How, how could you not be a big fan of that? Oh, I'm sorry. My phone is loading. Oh, I had the wrong freaking lead prospects open. Um, nice. But, yeah, so, so, yeah so, so so far through this um, like through, through this world championship, we're about three games in, um, you know, as of today. And, you know, the, the U.S. has looked pretty good. Um, you know, the one team that has surprised me out of all this is the um, is the uh, Swiss team, honestly. They, so right now, Team Switzerland, they are 3-0 through the tournament. And, like, they've, they've been looking pretty good. Uh, they're the only other 3-0 tournament with Team USA. Um, you know, that includes Canada, who's only, you know, 2-1 over there in the other pool. But Switzerland, the, the roster isn't, like, you know, some ultra-stacked group. You know, there's there's NHLers is always going to be, you know, some guys with NHL rights tied to them. Calvin Thurikoff, you know, Nina Ryder, Dennis Malgan, Nico Hischier, uh, Fabrice Herzig, whose rights are still owned by Toronto. That's random. I didn't know that. Kevin Fiala, Jonas Siegenthaler, Giannis Boser, and then Doran Van Potsenberger, whose rights are still owned by Detroit. So, there, you know, there's quite a few names, but really the only, like, bona fide studs would be, you know, Fiala, Hischier, maybe Nita Ryder, and then Siegenthaler and, you know, Moser starting to become those guys as well. But, no, like, they've just been playing well. They've been playing a really good team game. Um, and so far three shutouts, the goalies are just absolutely rocking right now between Alaric Giannone and Robert Mayer. Like they, they're just playing incredibly well as a group. So we'll kind of see how this keeps on rolling, but Switzerland is right now kind of looking like they, they just, they look like it. Again, a team of destiny, I guess. It's weird to say right after you say uh destiny is not a real thing, but Hey, I also I saw, Latvia, they pull out a big win over Czechia in overtime, and Latvia, they're hosting. So, awesome for them. Yeah, but it, it's a shame. Um, it, it wasn't a big miracle thing like last time where Christos Gulevskis went in and made a billion saves. He, he didn't get the play, he didn't get the game. Uh, Archer uh, Silovs, who is a Vancouver Canucks prospect, he's the one that went in and got that win. He's been playing you know, as good as he can for that team so far through this tournament. But, yeah, no, it, it's cool seeing the smaller countries get a win. Um, you know, you've still got a country like like Hungary or Slovenia or Kazakhstan. They're still kind of still kind of looking for um, you know their 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 first wins in this tournament as well. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, you know, especially for a team like Hungary, who's not on this stage a ton, it'd be cool to kind of see them come out with something and you know may, maybe win a couple of games, maybe maybe even go on a little bit of run. I, that'd be cool. Yeah, Slovenia really struggling too. Currently, two yeah. goals for through three games while giving up 13, not looking great there. But uh, overall, looking at the teams, how everyone's been performing up to this point, uh, who do we expect to be, you know, getting to those top four, top three, obviously, uh, meddling stages? Where are we looking? 
I mean, right now you're always going to say the U.S. and Canada because like they're they're so good in these tournaments. And then you look at countries like Sweden and and Finland uh, and Czechia. They they provide some pretty good rosters overall as well. But Switzerland has looked strong. Um, I, hopefully their goaltending keeps up and they can kind of keep rolling. Um, it's bound to you know crack at some point, so don't expect it to be you know to go 100 percent the way it is. But maybe they keep going a bit of a run. Um, if I had to call my shot on medals right now. I would say this is going to be a U.S. gold, a Czechia silver, and a Canada bronze, speeding out Switzerland. Love hearing a gold for the U.S. Love that prediction out of you. But yeah, so that's what I do. Let's what uh, I do, baby. Let's head over to hockey name of the day, shall we? Yeah, why not? We've got all. I I want to say Petter because there's two T's, but I don't know if that's going to be the case. I'm going to go Peter. 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 I don't know. Let's just go Petter Vesterheim. 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 Peter. Just Peter Vesterheim. So Peter Vesterheim, easy enough, plain and simple. Uh, the two T's is a little, little tricky, icky, I know. But Peter Vesterheim, he is an 18-year-old uh, Norwegian. He is, eighteen, as I said, 18 years old, um, so meaning he's draft eligible. Um, you know, September 2004 birth year, just missed the draft um, by 15 days last year. So... This year, he, he'll be someone who's got you know a, a shot at being drafted. Is he going to be a high pick? Highly unlikely, but maybe a bit of late-round flyer. I could see that happening. Um, you know, he's had some international experience at the U-20s um, playing for Norway. Had a good tournament, seven points through five games, on top of playing in the top um, Swedish Junior League as well as – or one of the top Swedish Junior Leagues, I should say, as well as the second Pro League over there. But, you know, the, the one cool thing about him right now is – He's actually playing the World Championships for Norway. Three games, no points at the moment, but um, you know he's at least getting some opportunity with the men's team, um, being one of the youngest players in this tournament. Hopefully, he can kind of get himself on the board. You know, right now he's got a combined 13 minutes and 50 seconds through three games, so he's not you know getting a ton of minutes. But who knows? Maybe as we go on a little bit more, he gets more of an opportunity. Yeah, I really like the last name too. Obviously, uh, when you look. At your more Norse region uh, last names, you're going to have stuff like this. It reminds me a lot of Valheim, a little game that, you know, we play here and there. Um, But Vesterheim, great last name. And then also, cool to see that he is currently ranked in EU skaters by NHL Central Scouting, ranked as the number 73rd EU skater. Yeah, so it kind of goes to show that he's not going to be some high pick, but he's definitely on the radar of NHL teams. Um, someone that if I had to say, does, does he get drafted? I really don't know. He might be more of a second, third cycle type guy that gets drafted. Absolutely. All right. want to thank you so much for coming out and giving a listen. Chase, if you could hit him with an outro. As always, like thank you guys for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, at Bolts Broadcast, you can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. Why not go follow WNP on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. Make sure the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. You can find all the pods in them right there. Boom, click the logo. It's an easy peasy lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, raise five stars. Thanks for questions, comments, concerns. Please go support our friends over at DraftKings and Raycon. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time.